Welcome back, everybody, and today is September 14th, 2012. It's the morning commute for me, and you're listening to Ty's Daily Commute and Video Game Podcast. Anyways, uh, I was thinking about saying, well, I was for this podcast, saying, you know, Ty's podcast, I recorded before a live uh, highway audience, but, you know, like uh, the old 80s uh, sitcoms. I always thought that was funny because you're saying live, but at the same time, it's recorded. Um, um, but, I don't know, it just cracked me up. I thought it was funny. Uh, let's get back to actually talking about games. Um, last night, Famitsu put up a YouTube video of the Neo Geo X Gold, Neo Geo Gold Station X, whatever it is. It's a, it's a little handheld uh game system. Kind of looks like the Game Boy Micro crossed with a iPhone. Um, and what it is is a portable uh, Neo Geo system. Um, it obviously uses emulation. It's not actual, uh, you know, hardware that's in a Neo Geo. Um, but there's a lot of debate amongst my friends and even on the internet, people talking about this. Um, a lot of uh, negative uh, thoughts about it because they're everybody's thinking, all right, it's gonna be some crappy, you know, crappy emulation handheld console. We've all seen the Sega Genesis ones the, um, and all the other ones that are out there, um, the Dingu and stuff, and they, they're fine actually. The Dingo is not a bad little system, and I've got a Neo Geo, uh, no, not Neo Geo. I've got a uh, GT32X, and that runs Linux, and uh, that's fun. You know, it's. Uh, it's a fun little handheld, and I've got a GP2, uh, GP32X that I had before that. Uh, GP32, not next, just GP32. And my Tapwave Zodiac, those are all fun uh, little handhelds that are good for emulation. Um, but, you know, it's still emulation, so it doesn't feel like the real thing. But to get back to it, um, so the system, you know, it looks, as I said, it looks like an iPhone. And if you buy the I think it's the gold version or the premium version. You get a, a docking station that looks like a Neo Geo uh, AES system, and uh, that is—it's uh, smaller. It looks like it, but it's, it's scaled down, and uh, it has HDMI out on it and two controller ports. And on the controller ports, you can actually plug in joysticks. It comes with one joystick that it is a replica, a, a full-size replica of the original uh, Neo Geo arcade sticks that came with the AES system, not the cheapo gamepad ones. And uh, so they were putting it up there. Um, one of my friends uh, I mentioned before, uh, uh, Matt uh, Spoonman, he calls himself online, uh, his video game, his uh, video game obsession website that he's got, um, he was thinking it's going to be a junkie. Um, he was, you know, kind of not looking, he was kind of, you know, not really uh, enthused by it. And uh, the funny thing was is that yesterday he posts online, he says that he was, he'd actually pre-ordered it. And that cracked me up because he said he didn't like it, but he still pre-ordered it. And uh, and then later on, uh, last night, he posted the video that Mitsu had put up. Um, and it looks great. Uh, it's got a really nice interface to it. Um, kind of has like that uh, cover flow Apple kind of thing where the, the game titles scroll in, there's a little reflection on the Now this is hooked up to an LCD TV, 
when they're displaying when they're showing it, so they didn't have it. Um, they weren't playing it on the handheld portion of it, but I'm assuming. I mean, it's going to look the same. It's going to be on the small screen. So, the, and then he's, they only showed uh, King of Fighters in '95 or '97 um, actual gameplay, but the gameplay was actually very good. Um, I don't play that game very often because I'm not a big King of Fighters um, uh, fan. Uh, if anything, I, I mean, I'm more I'm more Samurai Showdown. Um, the uh, Last Blade, uh, uh, Garo, Mark of the Wolves, those are the games I like, the fighting games out of the Neo Geo. Um, the King of Fighters games, I don't know, they just kind of, they don't really do it for me like uh, like Street Fighter does or Mortal Kombat or um, any, or, or those other Neo Geo games I mentioned. But from the gameplay, it didn't look like it was skipping frames, it looked very smooth. Um, and the, the joystick looked like it was really well built. I mean, he was he was pounding on the joystick. He was uh, flopping it back and forth at, at full speed. You know, like play, and you could hear it clicking. It sounded it sounded like almost like a Sanwa the way it sounded. I don't know. I'm, I doubt it's probably I d- probably doubt it's a Sanwa on the inside, but um, it really it really looks like a very nice system. Um, the price is one thirty, I think. I'm not sure. I can't. If I can remember what the price is. Um, I might be tempted to sell a few things that I have to buy one. Um, I'm not going to just throw my money at it, though. Um, I'm just wondering if I need. To, I might need to pre-order it, though, because this might be one of those things that comes and is sold out real quickly. So, um, I mean, I really love my Game Boy Micro. That's a really because you can just slide it right in your pocket and pull it out and play it. And uh, Although I don't really play it much anymore, I'm I kind of um, I'm not really playing games as much as I used to. Uh, maybe I'm outgrowing them. You know, who who outgrows games when they're 37? I don't know. I mean, you know, I love games all the time before that. Um, but I find that I find my most of my enjoyment in actually repairing games, you know, arcade games, and uh, and playing pinball. Um, having that Star Trek pinball is just it's just, uh, it's so different. It's, it's really awesome. You know, it's like, you can play video pinball. I love video pinball. And, uh, that's fun. But wow, you know, actually having your own pinball machine and playing it, it's, it's a whole other level. It's really great. And having Star Trek is, is like, is the best. I mean, some people like other games better, but man, you can't, for me, you can't beat Star Trek Next Generation pinball. That is, that is the number one pinball. Um, you know, people rate Adam's Family and, and Twilight Zone above it, but yeah, I can't agree with that. And that's I played Adam's Family just recently again after not playing it for a long time. And uh, granted, it was at Fun Spot and it was pretty beat, but it still worked. And uh, it wasn't even half as fun as Star Trek. Now, don't get me wrong, I would love to have a Adam's Family. It's a good pinball machine. And I love playing pinball, but um, to say, you know, I'll trade you that Star Trek for an Adam's Family pinball, no, I'd never do that. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I would trade that machine for any other arcade machine or um, pinball machine out there. I mean, that is, like I said, it was my grail. Um, so it's, it's, that is the one. I mean, everybody's got their own taste, so... 
I'm not telling you that you should have a Star Trek Insertion Pitball, but you should. Um, yeah, so that's the, uh, that's enough about the uh, Neo Geo. Um, another thing that's been going on recently is I've noticed on my YouTube channel, I've been getting a lot of, uh, a lot of questions and comments about a couple of, a couple of repairs that I've, that I've done, um, that I've put videos up on. And these are simple repairs that are easy for people to do. And, uh, and I just, I'm just going to kind of go over it. Uh, the first one is uh, the Sega CD. Um, I have a Model 2 Sega CD. Got it back in the day. Had it since the beginning. And uh, uh, one day I went to turn it on and it just didn't work. And uh, I figured, oh, that's it. It's dead. And, uh, and then I was, I was in a local game store. And when I was in there, someone had mentioned that they do repair. They mentioned that they did repairs on them. Like, like you repair Sega CDs, and I'm like, I, you know, I'm thinking to myself, like, who's doing these repairs? It sounds like a, uh, um, you know, the person's got to know a lot. But it was like, then, then they said, well, it's a fuse that goes bad. I'm like, a fuse. So then I started looking it up, and I found that on the, on the Sega CD, there's a small um, uh, surface mount fuse that's right on the board, and that burns out, and then you have to, re you have to replace it now. You could replace it with another surface mount fuse, but that's a pain because then next time it blows out, you've got to re-solder a new surface mount fuse on there. Now, if you're a you know, real serious collector and you want to keep everything original, you could always go and buy one, put it on. But what I end up doing is uh, um, getting a regular, uh, uh, what are they called, uh, they call bullet-style fuses. Um, they're just those little glass tube fuses. I got one of those holders at Radio Shack, and I just soldered two wires each end of the fuse where the fuse was on the circuit board and then I remote mounted it inside the case and uh, now if it goes out all I do is open the case and replace the fuse some people actually use those uh, those ones that you undo a little screw on the, it's like a, a canister and you you can undo the thing and, and actually you drill a hole in the, ca in the case and mount that in there and you can just replace the fuse easily um, I'm not ready to drill a hole because now I could still, if I wanted to put a surface mount fuse in there and I wanted to like restore it back to the way it was originally, I could. I could just buy a surface mount fuse, deep out of the wires, and put in the put in the surface mount, and it would be just the way it was originally. Um, so, you know, it doesn't really matter to me because all I got to do is undo like six screws, open it up, put in a fuse in it. If it does go out again, um, although I got I, I think I got to put a slow blow in there. I'm not really concerned. I mean, the, those fuses just blew out because, not because it was protecting anything, I don't think. I think it just blew out because it was just through time and, and heat buildup on them. So I don't think that this new fuse will burn out like the uh, original one did. Um, so I'm not really concerned about having to replace it. We'll see. I mean, it's been in there now for two years, approximately. Yeah, it was, it was two years ago, 2000. And I think I replaced it, so it's still working. But I get a lot of com here's the thing is I get a lot of comments on the uh, on the on that particular video. Um, people wanting to know how to do it. Um, it's really simple. But the first thing you need to do before you even start this repair, and I even do it in the video, but people already a couple people already did this, is they just started removing the fuse and replacing it without testing it. And you know that might not be the problem with your Sega CD. And by re replacing it immediately, you've already done something to it. So what, what I suggest you do, get yourself, you know, a multimeter, 
and set it on continuity mode. And you just, on either side of the fuse, you just touch your leads, and if it's working, you'll get tone, and it'll beep at you. If it's not, you won't, and you'll know that the fuse is bad. So then you can replace it. And that's what I do with mine. I open it up, touch the fuse, fuse is burned out, I know it's bad, so I, can re I replaced it, and then my Sega CD works fine afterwards. Um, you know, so if you don't test it before, it might just be something else wrong with it. It could be a bad motor, it could be anything. There's so many things that could be bad. It could be the connector that connects it to the Genesis. Um, and so now you've changed that, and now you're like, well, I don't know if that was the problem or not. So, so then you've got to go and diagnose everything on it, and that's, you know, that's not simple anymore. And that's not something that a beginner to doing repairs can do. So you've essentially just made it, so you've got to send it to somebody else to fix it. So always, if you're going to do this, test that fuse first. Because it's so simple to do. And then you know, that's my problem. And if it doesn't work after that, more than likely, you probably did something wrong replacing it. Maybe you bridged a connection. Maybe you got solder on something else. Um, or you, you know, gave it electroshock. But most likely, it's probably just something you did the wire isn't connected right, um, the fuse that you replaced it with is not, um, is burned out itself or broken or the fuse holder isn't connected right. So then you can start diagnosing what you did, not what else could possibly be wrong. So keep that in mind if you're doing that repair. Um, another repair um, I did was I replaced the battery in a, um, in a Game Boy Advance cartridge, the Pokemon Ruby, I think it was. And uh, my I picked that up off of eBay for my daughter, um, and it had said the battery was dead, and that doesn't stop the game from saving, like um, like if it were an, an old NES game or Super Nintendo game. Those games used a battery backup to save your game, and so when those batteries go dead, um, you can't save unless you replace the battery in those. Um, with this Pokemon game um, on the Game Boy Advance, it uses... Um, uh, non-volatile memory to store the game, but what it uses the battery for is for the real-time clock inside the game, and if you recall, if you played Pokemon Ruby or any of the Pokemon um, Emerald or what's the other one, Pearl, um, those, those games use a clock in them, and it changes through the day, so day and night, the, uh, you have different game, game play, it, it turns the night time in the game, and I believe, if I recall correctly, it was like that on uh, dime, um, uh, gold, gold and silver as well. Um, I've played that in a long time, but I, I believe I remember it would go. You'd have nighttime and daytime, so you can catch different Pokemon. So when you play, if you don't have the battery, if the battery's dead in it, you go to play it. You, it won't change. The time won't change, and there's certain Pokemon you can't catch. So, so I I bought that that cartridge for her, and I went to replace the battery on it. And the first thing I tried, just to uh, because I wanted to be cheap, is I, um, it's a 2016 battery, I believe, there's a CR2016 in it, and uh, I tried to just desolder the, uh, the original battery from the holder that holds it, and solder the new one in, but that's not, they're not soldered in. Those, um, the batteries are not made from steel or um, other solderable metals. Um, they're, I think, uh, I'm not, sure, I mean, not sure, I'm not sure what metal they're made from. It might be aluminum. And uh, and so when you want to solder to them, it's really possible. Oh, it's not possible. You can get solder to stick. 
but the problem is when I went to, I did actually get the solder to stick, but by that time I heated the lithium battery up so much that it started to leak, and I got to tell you something, that was pretty dangerous, and I knew it, because lithium batteries will explode if you get, if you heat them up or burn them. Um, I was, so I was kind of like playing a little deadly game there, not deadly, dangerous, um, by trying to solder um, to the lithium battery. If you, um, if you buy, if, I mean, if you take the, bat the original battery out, you'll notice that it's not soldered, but it's welded to the, uh, the holder that's in there. Um, you know, obviously some systems use a, a, a coin cell holder that you can remove battery, um, and they hold them with friction, but those tiny Game Boy Advance cartridges don't allow that kind of space inside there to have a removable coin battery holder. So it needs to be, you need to have it welded on. And so what I ended up doing is I ordered from Mouser, I ordered some batteries from it, and uh, they actually had the leads on them. They weren't the exact same as the original, but I was able to uh, bend them and kind of get them so that they did breach the holes in the board. And uh, so I got that working. Um, but I get people asking, I've got a 2016 battery, can I just replace it? And if you, if you don't know what you're doing on this repair, it's a simple repair, but you need to know basic soldering skills and you need to have the right part for it. So I would suggest that you don't attempt it until you've practiced, practiced some soldering and you have the right part for it. So don't just put any 2016 in that game um, because you could hurt yourself. So don't, seriously, don't, don't do that. Now, um, now, if you're doing like an NES cartridge, like let's say you have a Zelda and you want to replace the battery in that, um, there, there's a plenty of room in the cartridge uh, for a coin cell holder. So uh, that's great, because then you could just say the battery goes dead again. You could just swap it out, put a new one in. So um, there, if I'm going to replace the battery in it, unless I want to keep it all original, I would use a, a button cell holder. That, has, that you can remove. And they sell those at Radio Shack, so you can just pick up any one. I, I would use a CR2032, just because it's such a standard battery, you can pick them up almost anywhere. And I even buy them at the, uh, at the Dollar Tree shop, and they used to come in packs of three for a dollar, and they're actually lithium batteries. Um, but now they've reduced it down, down, was it four, or I can't remember, whatever, they've reduced the number down. So it used to be three, four, now it's three, or it was three, now it's two. I think it, I think it went from four down to three. Um, but still, it's a great deal because if you go to any other store, you're going to be spending $5 for one battery. So that's, that's a good deal, even if it doesn't last as long, which it's a lithium battery, so it should last almost as long. Um, so, I mean, really, it's going to last you years in, a, in that kind of usage. Um, and uh, another repair that I'm reluctant to discuss, and I've never done a video on it because um, if people knew this repair, um, there'd probably be a lot less Virtual Boys for me to buy because um, I need a bunch of them because I'm building a whole bunch more video Virtual Boy cabinets. Um, but I'm assuming that not very many people are listening to this podcast except for my uh, true fans. And so as a little uh, fan, that's ridiculous. Um, but as a little, uh, I'm going to let you in on this secret. So if you have a Virtual Boy, a broken one, and the screen is bad, um, the, the standard repair, you go online, people talk about repairing it. They say you got to pull it all apart. Um, you've got to disconnect the ribbon cable from each of the, uh, each of the displays for each eye. 
and then you need to solder it back on one pin at a time or the alternate way of doing it would be to um, take the take that unit and um, put it in the oven at a certain temperature, not very hot, because um, you will destroy it if you put it in the oven at like 350. Um, and you need to like wrap most of it in foil except for the area that you want to heat up. And um, heat it up so that the connections, because essentially the ribbon cable is glued to the virtual boy. And, uh, and that will make it connect better and work, but over time they say it'll come back off again. Um, and, you know, to be honest with you, um, while that may work, the soldering one will definitely make it work and not come off again. But that is a very tiny, tiny ribbon cable. And those connections, you have to etch them first before you do it with some, uh, some acid to get it clean first. It is, that's, that is a lot of work to get that working. And there's so many places where you could accidentally, I mean, that's, there's so time you could bridge a connection so easily. And you're going to be there, you know, sucking the solder back off of it with your desoldering iron or using braid, cleaning it off, starting all over again, getting frustrated, spending hours on it. And, uh, and so here's the little secret I have for you. And it's, so far, it's worked on, personally, my own virtual boys that I've had. It's worked on four of them. One of them it has not worked on. But, you know, it's, these are ones that I picked up used, that this one was one I picked up used, and I have the, the impression, because the way it is displaying, that when it does display something, that it's probably been dropped, and it's damaged. And so, here's the secret. You take a game where, the, where it has a demo mode, like Mario Clash, Wario World, something or, you know, something where the screen is always changing, and uh, now we're just to the uh, that static screen. You put the game in, turn the Virtual Boy on, you get it to pass the little auto, the auto uh, uh, eye rest mode, whatever it's called, I can't remember what it's called, so that the game is actually doing its little demo mode, and you turn it off. You don't want the, you don't want it to go into, uh, I rest mode, I forget what it's called, uh, the break, taking a break, and uh, and then you just set the virtual boy down, and you leave it for like three or four days, and what will happen is the virtual boy, um, you know, it's sending electricity to that connection, and if it's actually, if it's not getting a good connection, the resistance actually is higher, um, so you have higher resistance in that spot, and what happens is it actually will heat up. And it will, over time, if you leave it on long enough, the connections will get better, and it will actually repair itself. Um, and so, and that's really why Virtual Boys don't work, is because, for the most part, they're not used. Um, so people don't use their Virtual Boys, and that's why they go bad, is because those connections just kind of sit there, and there's temperature changes, um, you know, through the year, you get it hot, you get it cold, and so then it, the connections kind of get just they don't they don't make as good a connection. You get some oxidation, and it stops working. So, if you want to get your Virtual Boy working again, just turn it on and leave it on for a few days. And uh, you know, for example, I picked up a Virtual Boy on Sunday, and 
and I bought it for $15 at the local game store, and I got home with it, and I plugged it in, and I turned it on, and when I turned it on, the left display did not display at all, and the right display was all glitched up and was not displaying properly. And so I, uh, I left it, and by yesterday morning, before I went to work, I looked at it, and uh, the display, so that was, so when I got home Sunday, I plugged it in. So that was Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. That was four days. And before I went to work uh, yesterday morning, the both displays were working. Um, the one still was, had a tiny bit of a glitch in it, and it was actually the right one, but it was still, it was much better. And actually, when I picked it up, it went away. So I still have it on. Um, I haven't checked it this morning, so I, I'm assuming it's probably better by now. So now, that was, that's all it took to get that Virtual Boy working again, just leaving it on. Um, and my original Virtual Boy, same thing happened to it. It didn't get as bad. It just had a few glitches here and there. And that's because I played it for the most part, but I actually let it, it, it sat for like a year or two without being played. So it's good to, good to pull them out and plug them in, turn them on for a while. Um, if they get real bad, if you let it get too bad, I think at some point powering it on and leaving it on might not work at all. Like that other, the other one I picked up, I got another one for $15. And that one actually is a little, I can hear something rattling around inside of it. So it's either that something's broken in it or just that it had just been sitting too long. And uh, that one, only the right display works properly on it. The other one displays like a line here and there. And it's a weird, there's another line off to the side. So I think the mirror's not working right on that one. So, and I'd left that one on for, I think, two weeks. And the right display got better, but the left display never got better. So um, that one I'm going to have to probably take apart to fix it. And it'll be good because I haven't done that myself. I've only seen people doing them online. I mean, it's, I certainly could do it. Um, not something I would ever want to do. Um, but, I'm, you know, it, I'm going to just give it a try and see and take a look at it and see what I can do. And I'm probably going to, rather than putting it in the oven, I'm probably going to use the heat gun because that way you can isolate how much heat you put on it and you can direct it, and I can, I'm still going to use the foil because you can, a heat gun can be even more dangerous than, a, than an oven. But I'm not going to get it real close to it. I'm going to keep it pretty far back. I'm probably going to eat, heat it up to like 100 degrees, 110, you know, something that's not going to melt plastic, but enough to um, get that glue to kind of loosen up. And uh, to, to understand the glue in there is like a, like a hot glue gun glue in a way. It's, it's stuff that gets... gets um, you know, it's, it's a heat-sensitive glue, not an uh, adhesive that is uh, chemical. It's not a chemical adhesive, it's a heat glue. So, you know, if you've got a Virtual Boy, it's not working, you don't need to throw it away or uh, send it out for someone to repair or pull it apart. Try this first because it's one of the easiest fixes you can do. And I've told to a few other people online, and they did it, and it works for them as well. So, um, so far... Everybody I've said it to, it's about four or five people, they said it worked for them. The only one it didn't work for was me on that one Virtual Boy that I'm pretty sure is actually physically broken. So um, that's just something to keep in mind and to uh, give it a try before, before you uh, give up on your Virtual Boy. Um, yeah, so that's, that's the repair section of this uh, podcast. What else can I talk about? Um, talk about 
um, some of my arcade games now because I'm, I'm still got another probably 20 minutes before I get to work. Um, the let's see what what should I talk about? I guess I'll talk about my Donkey Kong Jr. So uh, this was back in I think it was April or March, late late March, early April. Um, I was I was uh, I actually wasn't looking on Craigslist. It was my friend uh, James and. Uh, I'd, I'm always watching Craigslist. I got the Craigslist app on my uh, Android phone. Um, always looking forward to see what's out there for sale. And uh, the, uh, the one day, uh, James sent me an email and said, "Hey, look, this is on Craigslist. It's right. It's in Cobusville, which is right next to the town next to the town I live in. Um, and uh, it was a Space Invaders for free. And so I uh, I called the fellow up, and uh, he's a very nice fellow. He's you know, he's a retired person, and uh, he was from New Jersey originally, and he had this Space Invader since the 80s, and uh, and it wasn't working anymore. Um, so he was giving it away, and so I, I went to go pick it up. I get there, then we go down to his basement, and I, you know, he's, he's going to show me the Space Invaders, and I look over by his pool table, and I see something covered up with a tarp. And at the very bottom of it, I can tell it's orange, and it looks a lot like a Nintendo cabinet in shape. And I said uh, to him, I said, uh, is that Donkey Kong Jr. there? And he goes, yeah, yeah, that one works. And uh, and uh, he was, and I said, well, are you looking to get rid of that too? I offered him, I offered him, I said, I, you know, I'd, I'd buy that from you if you, you know, say it works. And he's like, well, it's my, it's my, uh, my son, and he, he lives down in New Jersey, and he mentioned that he'd like to have it sometime, and uh, and so, you know, I, I can't just give it to you right now. I can't sell it to you, and uh, I said, okay, well, I'm definitely interested in it, and, uh, you know, you know, please contact me, you know, if you do want to sell it, and uh, so then we, we loaded up the Space Invaders, and, uh, you know, I, I drove home, and it was, you know, I got home, it was probably six o'clock and it's like seven thirty I get a call from him and he's he says, you know, I spoke to my son and he said that they got a flood in their basement from Irene and, and he doesn't want to bring he doesn't really want to bring it to his house. He's afraid to get ruined anyways. So you can have it if you want it. And I'm like, I can have it and he's like, Yeah And so I went the next day in the morning, it was Saturday and I picked it up and brought it home. And uh, really it's in great shape. It's a it's a it's a particle board version. I already had a plywood Donkey Kong Jr. cabinet that had been converted to a Play Choice 10, which I got. I got the the marquee and the bezel and a um, control panel, a, a board, everything that I, even the serial tag, everything I would need to turn that uh, Play Choice back into a Donkey Kong Jr. Um, but the cabinet itself was not in the best of shape. So, you know, it's got that gel coat, like a fiberglass gel coat, on the sides of the plywood to make it smooth. And a couple places actually just chipped away, and it, you know, it was, it was going to need to be painted, and uh, that's really not very original looking. I mean, you could paint it, but it doesn't look like it did originally. So, uh, you know, I wasn't like really enthused about that, you know, doing anything with that cabinet. So, but anyway, so I got this one, and it looks great. It's a beautiful cabinet. Um, it's got a couple little things here and there, like there's a little, I think a little chip out of it on the bottom of the front where the speaker is. There's, very, there's like a little tiny chip, and I was going to touch it up, but it really doesn't even need that. It's such a clean cabinet. It even has the original 25-cent stickers 
on, on the cabinet. They're a little worn, but they're still there. Um, the only thing that it was missing was the side art. And, uh, and the, uh, the monitor itself needs a cab kit. And I haven't done that yet. Um, I'll probably do it soon. But it's, so it's got a little bit of uh, what you call vertical collapse. Um, which, cause in the, when, the, when the monitor is, you know, the monitor is mounted vertically, so it actually looks like horizontal collapse. So it's not, it's not a lie. It's just, it's just the screen is narrower. And so I'm 100% sure that doing a cap kit on that will fix it. I mean, it is a possibility that the, the uh, width coil is going on it, but this, that would be if it were short. So no, that wouldn't fix it anyway. So, um, so I just need to put the cap kit in. I've got the cap kits put in it. Um, Let's see, was there anything else? Oh, the control panel had a, had the cigarette burns by the, the player one and two start section, which I've, I've almost every Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr. seen had that going on. But this one, the actual uh, plexi had uh, kind of like lifted up in that area. But I had the other panel from that I uh, purchased to put on the other one, and I just swapped it because it's in much better shape. So I just swapped the control panel and... Uh, so that looks great. I didn't really do anything with it. I mean, it has a little bit of cigarette burn on those buttons. I'm going to take some, take some uh, sandpaper and then wax and polish it out, and you won't even tell that that was there. So that's, a, that's another thing to do. I mean, it's not, that's not a priority for me because there's so many other repairs I need to do. So that's something I could do in the future, and it's always, it's always good to have projects to do. So um, now that I've pretty much gotten every game I'm going to get, unless I swap something out, I know that all, I've got all the projects I'm going to be getting. I'm not going to be getting more projects unless something else breaks. So I got that uh, kind of feeling better about things, you know, like, all right, I'm not going to get something else and another thing to work on. So I will get to that at some point. It might not be within the, even the next year or so, but I will get to it. Um, and the other thing is I just recently was able to buy side art. And now the side art for Don Kong Jr. isn't too expensive, but it's not cheap either. Um, and I was going to put, see if I could find new old stock to put on it, but you know, with that you got to worry about the glue. Um, and the reproductions are actually really good for it, so I actually picked up um, some repo side art on sale. I got $45, and the, the only thing is there's an issue with the art is that the, the mask that's on top of it is old, and so it's it's been sitting around and it, it's going to come off difficult. So that's not a problem because all you got to do is, you know, I, I mean, that, that's just the protector that protects the outside. So, um, you know, just once I get it, get the art stuck on the side of the cabinet, then I can just take my time and slowly get it off, use like some, uh, uh, you know, maybe some acetone or something. Well, I don't want to use acetone, but probably that might actually damage the artwork. Uh, but use just use some... Uh, you know, liquid, like water, water would probably get it, be enough to loosen up the adhesive or something along that line. i got to figure out what would be the best. Probably probably some kind of uh, goo on or something. Or maybe if I just use the heat gun to heat it up a little bit, it'll peel right off. But that's I'm going to take my time and be real careful with that. But, you know, for $45, I'm, I'll spend the time to slowly peel the mask off after I've got the artwork done. So, um, yeah, so that's that's what needs to be done with the the junior. Um, it's in great shape. The other thing I want to do with them, with my I've got those uh, four I'm four Nintendo cabinets, and they are a pain to move. Um, every other cabinet I've got, 
has got what are called leg levelers on them. And those are just the things you see in like a bomb refrigerator or a washing machine. And they're little screw-in seat that, that you can adjust to make, make it so the cabinet is level. And what I do is actually unscrew those and I screw in appliance uh, casters. And I get these really nice ones. As a matter of fact, they, I used to spend like $8 per caster because um, there's these nice ones that are gray wheels. And uh, the, the gray wheel ones are non-marking. They don't leave marks on the floor. And, you know, I've got a concrete basement, so you would think that's not a big deal, but um, it's a real pain, especially when I've got, I've got the carpet, I've got, like, rugs that I put down. And if I roll over the rug, those black, the black casters, which I used to buy, they're just, like, res, black resin, they will put black marks on the rug, and then you've got to sit there and scrub it off the rug, and it's a pain. And they also, they just kind of scrape along the floor. They don't wheel as nicely as these uh, gray rubber ones do. And now I found them at Walmart. They're, like, $3 and... 50 or 80 cents, something like that, and so it's a lot cheaper price, and I've got every game I've got on casters now, with the exception of those four Nintendo cabinets, the three full-size uprights and the one cabaret. I actually put my uh, red tent on casters just recently. I wasn't sure if it would be easy to do, because those uh, the leg levels on there look rather smaller, but they use the same thread, and... Uh, so I just had to take my time. I had to use a lot of, um, I had to use a, a PB blaster because they're they're in there pretty good. They were hard to get out. Um, I had, you know, PB blaster and a pair of pliers, and I finally was able to get them out. They weren't as bad as my Taito cocktail that has the big tong in it. That one I actually broke off one of the leg leveler levelers um, at the thread, um, trying to get it out because it was just fused in there. So with that one, I actually had to drill out the the bolt and then use a tap and die and re-tap the thread back into the into the, the foot of the cabinet. But that's fine. I did that and uh, was able to put leg levelers on that one, um, leg levelers, uh, casters on that. So every game I've got now is on casters, even the prop cycle. And that prop cycle actually came with casters, big heavy-duty ones. They're really nice. Um, so um, when I want to move things around, it's real easy. I even put them on my pinball machines. And, uh, you know, it's... I could see some people being annoyed by that because it, when you're nudging the pinball machine, it's a little different because they swivel, and they don't really swivel. Uh, you know, like they're not, it's not the same, but you definitely get a little bit more, like when you want to push it to one direction, it might go a little faster than it would go to the other. Um, and I might put it back onto uh, leg levelers, but the ones that were on the, that came with the Star Trek, the, the actual, they were those ones that have like a, a plastic bottom and a little pivot ball that the plastic fits into, and it was missing the plastic pieces. The, the actual leg levers themselves were busted, and I had, I had a set of casters there, and I, the, all the other leg levers I had, I saved them off my cabinets, but they're always beat up. They're, some are bent, some are rusty, some of them, the, the bottom part is broken off, and so, I mean, I probably could have gotten four decent ones out of there, but um, I hadn't even decided where I was going to put the, put the machine at the time, so... Um, I put the casters on it because now I can wheel it around. And I'm still not even sure where I want to keep it, but I found that I can play it just fine, so um, it doesn't annoy me. And the nice other thing is that being six foot one, um, a lot of the games with just leg levelers on them are too short. Um, you're, you feel like you're hunching over to play them. And putting a three-inch caster, uh, a three-inch or two-inch caster, I guess a three-inch caster, um, 
I think it's two, on the bottom of the cabinet. It actually raises it up just enough so it's nice and comfortable for me. It doesn't make it too high for anybody else. So it's, it's a nice little um, height raising. Raises it up, makes it easy to move. Um, so it's, it's really a win-win um, thing there. I mean, I think some people don't like the way it looks. They, they don't like the, seeing the casters on the bottom. Um, I personally love it. I think it looks great. I think it looks great to see those casters. I, I've got like a, I think I've got a caster fetish though because almost everything in my basement that is heavy um, is on casters. The only thing that isn't is my shelves. And the only reason they're not on casters is because they would be unstable on casters. If I could figure out a way to have shelves on casters, I would. And actually I could if I had heavy duty shelves. But these are just those metal shelves and the plastic ones. And I've got some heavier duty ones but still, they, they need to really be on the floor for them to be sturdy. And they are sturdy, but they, if you put them on casters, they wouldn't be. So um, those, are, those are just sitting on the floor directly. And, man, I would love to just be able to wheel my shelves out and be able to sweep underneath them and clean behind them. Because in a basement, you get spiders, and I hate spiders. So that's, you know, reason enough to want have casters so you can move out and get the move the games and like you know like I said the other day we had some mice coming in this fall it's not fall yet but it's getting cold I mean it's getting down to four degrees at night now and that's when the field mice want to find some place warm and that's when they want to come in your house and so with the poison they're dying and you gotta like all right I got a dead mouse here how many other dead ones are so I pull the games out and look underneath them and I didn't see any underneath so that was good they're all right in the center of the floor. I mean, there's that one that's behind the furnace somewhere, and I'm not going back there. No, I mean, not right now, because I got my two motorcycles back there and wedged in there, and there's got to be like a bajillion spider webs and gigantic spiders back there because they can't get back in there to vacuum. And so it's going to be a it's going to be an afternoon just to get all those things out of there just to just to vacuum it out. So because I wedged my two motorcycles behind my furnace. Um, so that's not that's not going to happen anytime soon. I'll just I'll just wait for the mouse to defecate before I get. I mean I, I'm going to try to see if I can get in there this weekend, but I'm not going to really go at it. Okay, everybody, uh, I'm almost to work now, and I'm going to end the podcast now. And uh, I'll talk to you this afternoon on the drive home. And thanks for listening.